Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixel Refresh Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Rodriguez, and I'm joined today, as always, by none other than the wonderful, the movie-watching, the game-playing, the tech-loving Mario Amaral. What is going on, buddy? Good, good, good. In the house... Weather's good. Day's good. <laughs> Our Starts topic of the, the start of everything off with is, the weather. is the You weather. know what? A lot of the days based on how that weather is doing. I'm telling yeah. you right now. A lot of it is based. It is. I don't know about where you are. I don't know yeah. how it is there, but it is really windy here. It was really windy last night. It was. It was. Yes. Whew. It was windy. Let me tell you. I got home probably like two in the morning. Yeah. I basically went over to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's place, Jen and John, and I we, we were we did a game night. So we played Monopoly. Of course. Nice. Yeah, of course. John cheated and, and won. But um I will like say always. like always. Um I will say I came home and it was like super windy. What happened is it, it it started raining, so it was like frozen rain, so the roads were really bad, like even getting into the car. Like it, it was slippery out there because it was like this this warm weather starting to come in, but then it was starting to rain, so it was like that zero degrees Celsius going into that like minus with the windshield. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. But let me tell you, I was I was coming home. This probably like two something in the morning, and I asked because I had running shoes on. I asked my wife, "Hey, if you're gonna go park the car, because she had boots on, I'm like, can you just leave me at the the main entrance here so I don't like break a hip on the way." to the door she's like yeah no problem i open up the door and the wind is so strong it like banged the door like i thought it was gonna like fold it the opposite way that's how hard it literally i opened the door and it just took it right out of my hand and i was like shit i hope i did not just damage your door because like jeez i'm i mean like dude it ripped it out of my hand like that's how strong this wind was so yeah that that was last night and then today it seems like it's still a little windy it's it's definitely warmer but still a little windy so good weather yeah, at least it's, it's not raining though I don't think I, I don't think so I uh, like at least where I'm at it's not raining so we've had um what is that daylight savings so yeah it kind yeah, of messed so I'm me energized up. I'm energized you know how you energized you lost an hour of sleep I'm energized shut up okay okay yeah I, I my wife she comes and she's like honey you have to wake up it's like 11 already I'm like what do you mean 11? We went to sleep at like 3 in the morning. I, it shouldn't be 11. It should be 10. You, you know, know like what? I, I, had, I had a similar night to you because I went out with friends and, and we went back to one of the friends' house and we played games. <laughs> we drank and played some games. So, like, our nights were actually very similar. We got home around the same time. We yeah. woke up around the same time. <laughs> it hurt to wake up. That's why when I was like, I, I got up and I'm like, I'm a little hungry. So, at this point, I'm having, like, brunch. Right, because it's almost Hell yeah. twelve. So I, I, that's when I messaged you, and I was like, "Hey, let's do the podcast let's within an this, hour. Yeah. Let me, let me eat my brunch and and maybe watch a little TV, like get into the, into the groove, and then boom, you know, head right into the show and yes, give the people sir. what they want." Yes, sir. I do got to say, it's funny. Little sidebar here. I was out with a, you know, a co an ex coworker of mine, and he turned to me and he's like, "You know, I've been listening to the podcast lately," and he's like. I've been trying to piece it together, but like, what does Mario do for a living? And he's like, cause I have like, I know little bits and pieces of what his day to day work life is because you guys talk about it on the podcast, but I don't, I can't seem to put it together. I don't know what he does. And so well, I told him what well, you do. 
Oh uh, man, what did you do that for? So like, <laughs> basically at this point, and he's like, oh, okay. So I told him, yeah, he he, he operates a machine, blah blah. And I mean, like, that's yeah. that's my day job. At night, I'm CIA investigator. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I know. Well, why that's why you, I tell, keep... you can't tell people on shit, the podcast shit. that you're CIA investigator, bro. Shit, I don't even think that's a real thing. But Jesus still, shit. <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, that's pretty funny. I'm pretty yeah, sure so, I've said. Well, no, I've I've never actually said what the title is. I well, just, you've like, yeah, you've told, you've said like what you do. You've said like the company you work for, you know, but you've never actually like said specifically what your job title is or or what you do. Well, so. your your friend here. Let me just tell you, if you're listening to the podcast right now, just Google the name. Come on, Mario. Like literally it's, it's, yeah, he's so famous within this industry. Yeah. Just Google it and then go down like 900 pages. I'm like the first one on the 900 page, like right there. Ma Rio. Yes. And I'm like number one DJ at cascades. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, let's get right into this. Let's Um, do it. So, uh, we uh, we talked last week about the new Samsung galaxy phones. And one of the topics of conversation was, around the fingerprint sensor and so there's been a bunch of news around the sensor since then uh if those who don't remember or didn't get to listen to the last podcast samsung introduced a new type of fingerprint sensor that uses ultrasonic sound waves to pick up your fingerprint instead of an actual think of it as a mini camera but the issue with this is that uh after testing Glass screen protectors, generally just regular old glass screen protectors, don't work with this device. Um, but the uh, which is a bummer to be honest, because uh, a lot of people like glass screen protectors. But there are these other screen protectors that my my buddy Mario here has like a lot of uh, experience with. And they're also glass screen protectors, but they work differently. And I think we've talked about them on the podcast, and those work. Do you, can you can you tell them a bit more about those screen protectors? So those those screen protectors, if you listen to our previous podcast, I'm pretty sure it was on the last one or the one before. Uh, I was talking about how I got a screen protector for my Apple Watch Series Four, and that I had to uh, install it by putting down a glue first. And then putting the glass on top and then using UV light to cure the glue. And uh, just like actually how a lot of screens go on your phone in general is used with the same kind of adhesive and UV light. So these yeah. screen protectors go on the same way. Um, the main one is is White House. That's one of the main companies that makes them. Uh, Whitestone, sorry, not White House. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, Whitestone, and I've I've actually talked about it in previous podcast for the Pixel Two XL I've had was the best screen protector because it fit perfectly. Um, so this screen protector is one of the few that work with. <clears throat> now remember, we're talking about glass. It's one of the few glass screen protectors that work on these sort of fingerprint scanners that use ultrascan ultrasonic and i don't know exactly the reason why i'm assuming it's because of the glue it almost uh, probably doesn't block the waves from coming through because it is such like a uniform yeah it probably um, creates some sort of bond between the actual right and because there's and the liquid there maybe because there's liquid there um you know because the glue is 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 liquid at some point and like 
just like it must have something to do with the glue because glass is glass and the glass is still there. Yeah. So it must have something to do. I haven't really researched it enough to, because I, you know, I, really I would care. assume that the bond between the glue and the, the new the, the glass screen protector allows for the sound waves to actually make it through. So this Versus is actually, when you're just doing a regular screen protector, maybe the adhesive on the back of that doesn't have that same effect. Right. And so this isn't an issue with like your regular plastic screen protector. It's only your glass. And I'm assuming because it's it's much thicker, right? So this is using ultrasonic uh, waves to read basically the ridges on your finger and get back like a 3D picture of it. Essentially, and, yeah. Like uh, ultrasonic, basically. Um, and I'm wondering... So Samsung's response to this is we're going to give you the phone basically with a screen protector already on it. Yeah, but from it has what a I hole understand. in the middle, doesn't it? I don't does it have a hole in the middle? Uh, I did I, I not see this. I just I just read that well Samsung is is putting on a pre-applied screen protector. I would assume oh, okay. it's not glass. It, it could, I would assume it it's just like plastic, a plastic. Yeah. I would assume it's just a plastic screen protector, but as everybody knows, plastic screen protectors are basically like um really old school now like they're just like the t- and don't get me wrong there are probably like some decent hybrids out there and i don't know what the hybrids um consist of because i remember you talking about with a uh, d brand they have kind of like a hybrid thing going on yeah it's made of some other type of plastic or polymer i'm not sure but it's supposedly really tough like i'm assuming they're, they're uh, like doing things like like hitting this thing with like nail and hammer and it's not fucking... right and like a screen protector like that and I, and i didn't look this up i i'm assuming that would probably still works on the s10 and the s10 plus they will probably release a version of it for the s and the s10 plus if they uh they do work one thing that's weird to me is like glass screen protectors are like the norm now. You know, back in the day to get a glass screen protector was like a premium. But now if you have a plastic one, especially if you're buying like a cheap plastic screen protector, because there are like premium gla- um sorry, plastic. There are premium plastic screen protectors. They scratch really easily. Like you have them in your pocket with your keys or this and that. You got to change the screen protector because they're all scratched. And that's why people don't like plastic anymore. They they prefer the glass screen protectors also the feel of them so to say that you know the s10 and the s10 plus don't work with a glass screen protector to me is kind of like it's a big downer like it would it would it would really have um something to do with the decision of buying it or not just because you know this is a phone i definitely want to protect it's almost you know uh bezel-less it's it's almost all glass in the front and the back definitely gets protected by a case if you'd like, but for, you know, that person but it, who you just, know what? in my opinion, though, like the glass screen protectors are just a placebo in my opinion. And the only reason I say that is because I, I, even though I still, or I, I mean, now I don't use a screen protector, but I mean, when I used to use a screen protector, I've had moments where I've dropped a phone and the screen protector did the opposite of what it was supposed to do. And it was perfectly fine, but my phone was damaged. So, really? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like all of them, all in all, like these these types, screen protectors are not drop protection. They're there for like minor scratches and stuff to your actual screen. If you drop your phone, screen protector or not, uh, I think ultimately you still run the chance of your screen breaking and the screen protector not taking the force. Like... 
And again, that's just from my experience. And so like, I don't think, I don't think there's, uh, an inherent benefit other than the feel, like the touch and feel of a glass screen protector over a plastic one, because like you were just saying, there are such thing as premium glass screen protectors and premium uh, plastic screen protectors that have been manufactured in a way where they won't just pick up scratches that easily, uh, and they and they won't be, you know, they won't do certain things. Like there, there's a clear delineation and difference between a twelve dollar plastic screen protector and a forty four dollar screen protector. And a difference between a $12 glass screen protector and a $40 glass screen protector, right? Like, there's, there is a definite quality difference there. But again, ultimately, in my opinion, I think all of it is just to stop minor scratches to your screen. Because these days, the screens on our phones are such, have such a high scratch resist, it's ridiculous. And I think at this point in time, it's all just a placebo effect. We do it for that extra protection, quote unquote. But I don't think like it would actually protect our phone if we dropped it. I think it's it's kind of like embedded in in into society, as in when they buy a phone or like any kind of expensive device with a screen, it's automatic that you get a screen protector just because like you know generations ago. Uh, screens weren't as resistant to breaking and scratching as they are now. And now when you're picking up a $1,000 phone, uh, you know, plus a $1,000 plus phone, you're basically like, there's like certain routine you go through. First, you look for that screen protector. You look for that case. Like that's like a given. It's a huge market. It's like part of society when it comes to technology. There are your your people out there who are just like, no, I rock my phone always naked, right? And then that first accident happens and it's like from there on, it's like, oh, all the time it's going to be in a case now. Uh, yeah. Of course, you know, like it all depends also on you know, your uh, surroundings and, you know, your place of work and all these things. But I mean, like for me in particular, like I've tried many types of, uh, you know, screen protectors, glass, wet applied, um, plastic. I personally cannot say I've tried a premium plastic. I just, to me, it kind of doesn't make sense. Like if a premium plastic costs as much as a basic glass, which is just around the same as a premium nowadays, like glass is overpriced and can still be just as good as a you know, a decently priced screen protector, but plastic, definitely there's a huge gap between like cheap and like premium. So yeah. I haven't, I can't, I can't give my, you know, my opinion on a premium plastic. I haven't tried it, but it's definitely for me, it's the feel. I, I, I wouldn't say a hundred percent. It's about the protection. It is for work, like minor scratching, uh, but definitely the feel, like the feel, especially compared to something like, uh, you know, a wet applied screen protector that has like an orange peel, effect and has like yeah, a rubbery like very sticky rubbery and sticky yeah, yeah. so but definitely like I, people now are like hey you buy your phone and the first thing you do like even at the store they're like well you're gonna want a case to protect that phone and you're gonna want like it's it's a market right and it's been embedded in like the way we think about like purchasing a phone like of course you got to get a case i was just talking to a co-worker and he just bought an iphone xr uh, an iPhone uh, 10R, sorry. And uh, yeah. he's like, you know, first thing he did is he, it, at the Apple store, he bought, you know, a $50 screen protector, I'm assuming made by Belkin. Uh, and then yeah. um, a case, you know, and I think his case was probably like $30 or so. 
And like just a part of it. I told him, why'd you buy that? Do you like go around with the phone a lot or this? And it's like, no, it's like mostly at home. He, even when he comes to work, he leaves that particular phone at home with his wife. But for him, it's just like, that's a given. That's something you have to do. And I was like, well, that money you spent just a little bit more, you could have got Apple Care Plus. And then if anything did happen, the replacement prices for like even screen repairs are affordable now. So like you could have enjoyed the phone and almost paid just a little bit more and and got the Apple Care Plus, but yeah, it was like, just speaking a given. to that. Like we're getting to that point where it actually is more cost effective for you to to buy Apple Care Plus than it is to buy screen protectors over the lifetime of your actual device. Oh, for sure, especially if you're buying you know fifty dollars screen protectors, you know even like twice a year. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I mean that's still a hundred bucks, right? Like right. That's, and if you bought the you know what is it now like a hundred and some odd dollars for Apple Care, maybe almost two, almost two yeah, bills. it's about two, depending which device you <laughs> you get, right? That upfront insurance on on your phone that's uh, just uh, that's can, just Apple can though. go a long way. Yeah, just, there are like a lot Apple. of. There are also a lot of providers like um, carrier no, but providers even, even carriers that give you insurance. It, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah exactly. they give you cheap insurance that will cost you a certain amount per month. And uh, I'm not a big fan of those insurances. They go through like third party. And sometimes I've heard like great stories. Sometimes I've heard horrible stories. But they've got like the first cracked screen is free. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there are people out there who, and you know who you are, you're prone to breaking your phones. Like, and one of them was probably uh, my brother Mason was prone to like cracking every single phone he's ever had. Like it was a given. Okay. <laughs> he, he's had like uh, S7, uh, the Nexus 4 that was all glasses, but all these phones he's cracked. He's had more. Trust me. He's just prone to like dropping it. Now he has an iPhone and he hasn't cracked it, bro. He hasn't cracked it because he's got a glass screen protector and a case <laughs> on it. Some of the uh, most of these phones he was rocking naked. Anyways, I don't want to stick too long on the subject. Yeah, so yeah. basically, at this point, um, I'm pretty sure there will be other manufacturers or maybe other ways or just more people doing the adhesive glass screen protector for the uh, S10 and the S10 Plus. The funny thing is. If we do see screen protectors with a hole in the middle of the screen, that would just be like ridiculous. Well, that would was, be like, that like would... promo shots. The only reason I bring yeah, it, it was up funny, is because right? there was promo shots of of the phone with a screen protector on it. This was direct from Samsung before they announced the phone. And their screen their screen protectors had a hole where the fingerprint sensor was. Right? So was that a joke like, though? Sort of like where the, the the same thing with the, you know, when you buy a screen protector for your iPhone, right? It still has the hole in the bottom for the the screen, right. the, the fingerprint sensor. So it was similar to that, except on the screen, which looked weird, right? Um, and so people were making fun of it. So I just thought, like, maybe they would do that. I don't know. Or they would just pre-install a plastic screen protector, which is fine, you know, especially if it's a good one, not a cheap one. Yeah, I think and- ultimately people are going to stay away from the glass screen protectors for this phone and just go plastic. The only reason I say that is because I've seen the application of this type of screen protector, and it's kind of really just over the top and tedious in a sense. Like, for the I, curved uh, Samsungs, you mean? Yeah, like I yeah, just, horrible I, screen I protectors. Don't, 
I don't really think that I would want to, as a regular person, you know, not a super tech enthusiast who does this all the time. Your average As user, a regular yeah. person, I would not want to, like, put my phone in a thing and then drop glue on it and then put the screen and then wait for it to da-da-da and then hit it with the light and, like, nah, dude. I'm No, no, I'm I get it. It's very – even me, myself, using the kit, they do give you a whole kit and you watch a whole video – there are many points where things can go wrong, um, and it could be messy if things go wrong. So for sure, I don't think your average person. I do think it's now another market where the screen protector costs, let's say, fifty to sixty to seventy dollars, and now someone installing it's going to cost you upwards of a hundred dollars at that point. And I'm pretty sure Samsung's got their own insurance, just like Use Apple the here. insurance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at that point, no way. Because if you let that phone drop once. That screen protector breaks, and that's $100 down the drain. And that could be within, like, a week. Like, it's pointless. Or you stick to your premium plastic screen protectors, which have been proven to still be good. I am going to hear stories about, trust me, I'm going to see stories online about people trying to install a screen protector over the pre-applied screen protector. Because Samsung is not known for, like, um, giving out their phones with pre-applied screen protectors. Like, uh, if you're, like, a OnePlus um, you know, user, yeah. you know, they send all their phones with pre-applied screen protectors. You're used to it. You got to peel it off before you put anything else. But when you they'll, get the device, you can barely tell it though. They'll probably communicate. Uh, you were, we're talking to your average user who doesn't really care or listen to that. Right. You bought a phone and unless you're in the Samsung store and you're buying it or you're in the store, there still be a salesperson being like, Oh, you should get a screen protector for that without even informing you. That there's a pre-applied because they probably won't know because they're just trying to. I, I honestly Very think there's going to be stories like that. But anyways, let's let's move it on. So so Samsung, uh, just to let people know, the Samsung S10e, which does not have the built-in uh, ultrasonic fingerprint scanner, does not have this issue because it does not have the screen protector. Uh, yeah, it has a fingerprint sensor on the side. It's on the different. side, right? Yeah. You could always unlock your phone with your face. I think they still have retina. And tick detection. Mean, but, uh, right. <laughs> but I think like one of the main selling points is that uh, ultrasonic. Another thing, just while we're talking about the fingerprint scanner, is um, the uh, Jerry Rig Everything did a breakdown. Uh, number one, Samsung has made it a lot harder to repair their phones. I mean, from an average user, they soldered on the USB-C port, so it's not uh, like a, you know, a dollar part now where you can get anywhere like $10 part and replace it yourself. Okay. They've made the phone uh, very hard to repair. But also the main thing is if you scratch up that screen area where the fingerprints uh, ultrasonic is, it will not read after a certain amount of damage. You really have to be trying to damage this thing. Yeah. But just, you know, I mean, not surprising again, let's be real. Like, yeah, it's, it's the same goes for any, you know, sensor what? of that such if you if you fuck up the lens it's not going to read your finger like one little last thing i have to say this i was watching a video because i was looking up uh you know the the s10 and this fingerprint thing they did a side by side comparison of the oneplus 6t and the s10 unlocking and i mean 99 percent of the time the oneplus 6t unlocked faster than this screen protector and that could be just animation really? yeah that could just be animation but um, it unlocked uh, faster than this Samsung ultrasonic fingerprint. The only benefits, again, are your fingers are a little dirty, your fingers get wet, it's going to work on the ultrasonic. In the dark, it's, it doesn't have to light it up. But, you know, in all retrospect, this thing was unlocking faster. And it could be down to animation. Could be, could be. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's let's move on to the next topic. All right, so our next topic is about another folding phone. So last week, uh, Samsung announced the Galaxy Fold, which was not the first folding phone to market. Um, but there's but been a I'd couple say of companies who have done it, but not done it really well. Right, I'd say it'd be the first real folding phone. The other ones were kind of like, hey, they this look is like, like prototypes. Yeah, they look like prototypes. I'd say it'd be the first real folding phone that somebody would want to own. So now our our friends at Huawei, I'm, they're not actual friends, but I'm saying um, I don't know what you're talking I'm about. They're my that. friends. Uh, our friends at Huawei are ha- announced the uh, Huawei Mate X. It's another folding phone. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make this really bold statement right now. It's not really that bold to be honest, but I think this is a nicer folding phone than the Samsung's folding phone. I 100% agree. I mean, I think the way they implemented. So for those who don't know, just for a bit of description here, Samsung's folding phone is a one screen on the outside, and when you unfold it on the inside, there's a bigger screen. Whereas the Huawei Mate X is a screen that, that wraps around the entire outside of the phone. So when you fold it, only one side of the screen is on and the rest turns off. And when you unfold it, the rest of that screen turns on. Right. And I think that is a cooler experience than hiding a th- secondary screen in the inside of the phone. Especially when that that outer screen, which is you know, probably like a big percentage of the time going to be the way you use the phone folded is like smaller. You know what I mean? And it's, it's yeah. not like, it's like the one that I'm, the, the screen I'm probably going to be using, let's, let's say 80% of the time is the one that you made smaller. You know what I mean? And, and a Huawei fixes that by going, Hey, no, you've get literally half of the screen when you phone and, the phone. And the other thing the I don't like about this Huawei one is that, there is a smaller portion of the screen that you're actually folding under when you fold the phone. So you actually get a bigger screen on the, the you know, uh, just the, the one half, you know, the one half of the Mate X that you're using majority of the time while it's folded is a bigger size screen than the Samsung alternative. Right. You're actually getting uh, a bigger size also fully open in tablet mode. You're getting an 8-inch versus a 7.3. And as you were talking about the front, so you're getting 6.6 and a 6.3 when the other screens are folded, whereas in Samsung, their front screens are 4.6. Yeah. So so there's your comparison. If you look at the Samsung Fold, it kind of looks like a phone that is super thin and really tall, right? Right. Uh, on the front side. And then on the inside, it kind of just looks like a square screen. Whereas I feel like when you pick up the Mate X, and I've seen a lot of photos, is that the, the Mate X like looks like your standard s- smartphone, right? Except for the fact that it can unfold. Um, and I think that ultimately uh, that I, I like the Mate X better. I will say one thing. The Mate X is, <laughs> for some reason way more expensive than the Samsung phone. So the Samsung phone starts it retails at at uh 1980. Uh I don't know why they chose that specific number. 
Um, and then the Mate, the Mate X, if I'm right, starts at like twenty six hundred dollars. Right, it's twenty three hundred euros, which is around twenty six hundred US. So this is a very <laughs> expensive phone. It is, but I think maybe there's a reason Samsung put that other screen and didn't fold it um, because they're kind of folding in the opposite way from each other, right? One is folding open like a book, and the other one is like closing a book. Right? Yeah. yeah, I would say like the Mate X is like you have your book open and you One fold it One is folding backwards. open like a map, you know, which is the right. Mate X. And then the the book version is the Galaxy Fold. But so, my my biggest thing, though, is that while both of them have to fold, I like that the screen wraps around the outside of, of the Mate X versus people have said like the Samsung's doing a really good job on the inside of the phone of hiding the fold near the hinge. But the the screen still has to fold on the inside. It's not two right. separate screens that just illuminate when you open the when you open the phone. It actually is one screen that is unfolding. But again, I just think all in all, the look and feel of the Mate X outdoes that of the Galaxy Fold, like hands. For down. sure. I also do like how um, versus the Samsung that has kind of like a notch. In the corner for all the cameras. Yeah. The Mate 10 just gives you like a bar. That like one of the screens kind of folds into when you have it in the one hand display mode or in the phone mode. Yeah. It kind of yeah. just overlaps it. And you don't have like a selfie screen like you, a selfie screen like you do on the Samsung because that screen now could be your front screen. And the cool thing is like when you're taking pictures with this device, because the screen does fold where the whole screen's on the outside, if you're taking a picture of someone, they could see what it looks like on the other side to tell you if they like it or not. Yeah, I think I think so all, there's... all in all, like it's just a better execution of the idea, in my opinion. Then again, the software could be bad and we don't know that or They're know. both they're both running Pi. Uh from what I understand, okay, so the specs are they're both running Pi. Screen size is a little bit bigger on the Mate X. Um they both got five hundred and twelve gigs of space. Micro SD slot on the Mate X. You don't get that on the micro on the uh, Samsung. You don't get a micro SD card. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Unless I'm wrong, it says no here. But on the on the Mate X, you do. They both do Google Pay. Uh, of course, Samsung has their Samsung Pay. One of the biggest difference here, I would think, is Samsung is doing the Qualcomm Snapdragon 855, and Huawei is using, of course, the Kirin 980. I don't know the specs Kirin chips performance. Are their own chips, or I don't know if their own. I don't know if they own the Kirin, uh, to be honest. And then RAM, of course, is a little bit less on the Huawei. You got eight gra- uh, eight ga- eight gigs versus twelve. They both have Bluetooth for five, which doesn't matter to most people. USB C, fingerprint scanners on both. Uh, battery just a little bit bigger on the. Here's another selling point, people. This might be part of the reason for the price. The Sam the uh, Samsung comes with a f- uh, four thousand three hundred eighty milliamp whatever. It comes with Quick Charge two point which is eighteen watts. So it's fast, but and of course they have uh, wireless charging. But Huawei's got their answer to that, and it's a supercharging forty five hundred milliamp battery that charges with a fifty five watt charger. So this thing is definitely going to charge a lot faster. So so uh, they actually showed off the Kirin processor 
And they're pointing to that the compared to the Snapdragon 845, the Curran actually outperforms in maybe marginally very very minimal uh, performance gains, but it's a it's a more energy efficient processor. I it would say then be, it seems to be stacked in its favor because looking at the specs of the Curran, it looks like it is a like a better a better um processor on paper but then again i've never heard of high silicon and their company so i i don't know anything about them at least it's not a mediatek so that's all i care about uh um, remember also i think the samsung fold yeah we're talking about 1980 was like the starting price we could be talking about the the uh, Mate X being 2600 and only having one model. From what I understand, the, the Fold had more than one model. It started at 1980. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I guess I guess we'll only see like come April. I don't know when the Huawei Mate X is going to come out, but we already know the Fold comes out in April. So I guess we'll see closer to when more... More of these, uh, you know, sites get their hands on both these devices. So far, looking at like digital trends in their comparison of the two, they give Mate X the the win overall yes. as the better phone. But again, there's still so many unknowns that that you can't really make a, an objective opinion on it um, as it being a better phone until you have it in hand or you've been using it for a while, all that stuff. Right. So, but the cool thing about all this is that the phone, the folding phone has now become a thing, a real thing. We're not talking like, Hey, we're selling a prototype for like $2,000. Yeah. I mean, there's even is. rumors it's... now that, that Apple is going to do a, a phone. Yeah. Like it's, a that's hilarious phone. though. That's the first thing that comes out. Is like whenever all these new phones are released and any new tech or any new, uh, you know, sort of way of making it, all these renders come out of like the Apple version of it. And some of these renders are just hilarious. It's like two iPhones smacked in the middle, you know, and they it's just really fold funny. up. You know, it's, it's funny that we say that, but I think like of all the companies who has the ability to make a device that is like super good because they have two separate devices that are super good. I think it would be Apple. Oh, for sure, because they do right? own the tablet because their, tablet market. Their yeah. iPhone and their iPad are pretty like top notch, very similar devices. I think if they were to make like a smaller iPad that was foldable, that is a phone, dude, I think they would dominate the market. Like you th- hands you th- down. so let's let's put in our our bets right now. Making one or not making one? I don't think they will. Yeah, I don't think so either. I I don't think they will. I think and I think the next iPhones are going to look like the latest iPads. Um, and that mean that might mean that they have like a, a bit of a, a bezel around the entire device, but, but ultimately we'll be able to do things like uh face ID on, on the side and all that stuff. I think they're actually going to start trying to figure out how they walk can walk away from the notch. Um, so, one of the things I want to say, like about the folding phone, is that it's 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 awesome that it's coming into flourishion. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I don't see it as like a mainstream device yet. I haven't heard anybody that I know that I talk to, 
about technology, who asks me anything about technology, even know there was a folding phone. They don't even know there was a folding phone. And then when I told them about a folding phone, they're just like, meh, that's cool, I guess. You know what? The other thing, though, is that people don't like things until they see the utility in it. And I think, I think, yeah, one that's the biggest, true. One of the biggest problems with the folding phones right now is that they're in the Android platform. And this is not a knock to the Android platform. This is a knock to the Android platform on a tablet. They don't have good tablet software. And so unless someone alters the software to make the tablet experience good, which still is impossible, because guess what? The app developers of the the fucking apps are not going to make fucking good tablet apps. Let's be real. That's like the biggest problem about a folding phone with a bigger screen is that no developer wants to create their app for that bigger screen. So we'll see how they handle that. But so far, I don't see these taking off unless you're like, you know, you have business wise money burning in your pocket and you want to be an early adopter. I don't see you buying this. Right. Yeah. I don't see this becoming like a mainstream device yet. Whereas, no offense, but I think the reason why earlier I said Apple could do this and do it well is because they've already figured out the apps across different screen sizes and and adaptions, right? They they have the universal packages for apps. You can buy an app that works on both your iPad and your iPhone, right? And And the UI will adapt to that screen, right? So I think if they were to actually do something like this, They already have all the stuff in place to make 90% of the apps already work on the device, right? Um, But again, uh, we won't know. We won't see. I don't see Apple doing that. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot more competition in the space when it comes to folding phones. Um, Especially especially if they want this to take off. The first person to make a sub fifteen hundred dollar folding phone is the winner, plain and simple. It's it's crazy to think like a sub fifteen hundred dollar folding phone because we're at the point now where your you know your S ten or your S ten plus is already almost at fifteen hundred. So like a folding phone, oh sorry, and I'm I'm talking Canadian dollars here, but a folding phone has got to be like even even at like nineteen hundred. Right, like that's it's that's just, just where it's at I right now. I just think we're at a point we're at a point where people people are becoming more and more aware that a thousand dollar phone is really expensive. They really, like it. overly priced. There's no justification yeah. for it besides companies like Apple setting the bar at a thousand dollars, and every other company being and like, I "Well, think, and I think then we can sell our phones for that much too." And we've talked about it in the past, but we're we're seeing the adoption of these new phones not going anywhere, right? People aren't buying. People are they're buying, not upgrading. They're not. People upgrading. are upgrading to the 10R and not the 10S or 10S Max, right? These are devices that very few people are buying, and that's just because they're really expensive. It's a it's a hard pill to swallow. Even on a subsidy, one of these phones can cost you $700, right? That's on a subsidy, right? Uh, And now you have companies like Rogers doing something even crazier. They're like, hey, we'll make the subsidy even cheaper if you go on our top tier plan and uh, when you're done your two years, 
you can either pay for the 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 extra subsidy that we didn't give you up front, right? Uh, or you can trade in your device for your next device. I didn't even know they offered that. So yeah, that's that's so kind of scummy at the same time, though. Like, but but, but again, I guess they're just trying to make to it available. Point. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, if you look at look at the Apple, the what is it called, the upgrade program, the Apple upgrade program every year. You can get a new phone, but you have to give them back your old phone, right? That's how it works. So you'll pay your 30 bucks a month, and then at the end of the year, you're like, oh, I want the new iPhone. So you go to them, you give them the, your old iPhone, and they renew your situation. So you're paying your 30 bucks a month again, and but you that's, get a brand new iPhone. For a, lot, for a lot of people, that's cheaper than buying out that phone outright every year, though. No, it is. But I mean, essentially, yeah. Rogers is kind of doing that same thing, except for the right. fact where they won't give you this ability on like a grandfathered plan. Like on my six, my $60 or my $85 10 gig plan, I probably wouldn't be able to get this without upgrading to like a $110 fucking and that's where premium plus plan, you know, like it's it's horrible at this moment with a. Uh, you know, even here in, in, in Canada, like uh, I've heard they're under review and they're going to be like, there's not enough real competition. We're getting we're over paying for for data. And it's 100 percent true. Our plans are ridiculous. Um, it's at that point now where it's like other places around the world could get like 20, 30, 40, 50 gigs for the same price that we're getting like six. Yeah. And uh, I heard somebody like arguing that it's because. Canada's huge and the network takes a lot of money to build. And then these other places we're comparing to are a lot smaller so they can sell data for a lot cheaper. But it's been proven that data is worth nothing to the carrier. And, you know, it doesn't yeah, cost the them other, anything. The other counter argument to that whole argument is that is that the popu- the population density in those areas, maybe, yeah, the networks, you know, they have to build a network that's much smaller but the population density is way higher. So in order to serve more people, you have to have better infrastructure. Right. So they're and ha- they usually they, they is still better have to, They have to invest the same amount of money. Plain it's crazy. And, and, and we're at that point where there are stupid, like, rules when it comes to a plan. At least here in, like, Ontario. Whereas then you purchase a phone. Okay, sorry. And not even purchasing a phone. You purchase a plan. You've got this plan. Let's say it's 10 gigs. And, like, their new... Their new, um, what's the, like their fine print is basically you're on this plan. This is what they'll do. It's it's really sneaky. It's like you're on this plan. It's six gigs. It costs sixty dollars. We'll upgrade you to ten gigs for sixty five dollars. But your grandfather plan is gone. Well, they didn't tell you about the fine print. The fine print is if you accidentally forget to top up your plan before. Like if you needed an extra gig, you forgot to top up before you went over. Yeah. It's like a $50 charge versus a $15 charge. Now, how does that make sense? Like if I forget to top up, which is like it could happen, instead of you just charging me another $15 for that gig, you're going to charge me 50 because I forgot to top up before I went over. Like that's just that's just robbing people. That's like a stupid thing to do. It's like if I go over every month, charge me 15 gigs per you know, that's your rate, 15 gigs per gig. Yeah. But don't charge me more because I forgot to top up before I went over. What are you yeah, winning think, out of that? Like, why are you doing that, that to the though. customer? I think I hope so. Because just, I read just... somewhere recently where Rogers is now allowing you to buy to buy extra gigs after you've after you've gone over. 
before it wasn't like that, right? They would offer no, you, they would offer you the top up, and if you didn't take the top up, and then you would go over your gigs, you couldn't buy. You couldn't buy the top up at fifteen. You'd have to buy. You'd have to pay that fifty dollar charge because it's some crazy amount per megabyte. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like supposedly insane. I read an article recently where they'll they'll actually allow you if you go over to buy to top up your data. And all those grandfather plans. I don't know if plans. they'll still charge you the the fee or not. I didn't read the article. I just saw the heading. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. And all those all those grandfather plans that people had. Even though they were, you were paying a lot for gigs, they were maxed out on how much they could charge you afterwards. They were maxed out. And then when you switch to these new plans with their new, uh, you know, fine print rules, you didn't have a max. You could be charged up the woohoo. You know what I mean? Like, like I'll be real. Yo, Rogers, if you're listening right now, I will pay you $100 a month for 50 gigs of data. Straight up. I'll never use Wi-Fi in my life. I will be on LTE all day, every day with 50 gigs of data. 50 but gigs is enough? But you're not going to do that. That's it. Plain and simple. You're not going to do that. You know? Uh, no, and that's and that's not because they can't. It's because they don't want to. Wow, we really got off track they don't want here. To, what were yeah. we talking about? We the were talking phone? about phones and phone <laughs> prices, and then it dropped into, like, fucking Rogers and all this shit. Yeah, like, listen, we're just, I think, Canada yeah, here. The, the, phones, are... the phones, let's get back to the phones. The phones are let's pretty expensive. And I think what we're trying to get at is, like, we need more time to see where this style of phone is going to go. Who's going to get into the market uh, you know, what that's going to be like. Uh, and it's too early with only two competitors right now. I don't want to even talk about the pre these two people because those, those phones, we've seen them. They're super thick and really ugly and they're not even something you would want to sell to somebody. I'm telling you, once we have more competitors in the market doing this thing or seeing the viability of this thing, whether that's LG, whether that's, you know, HTC, whoever, whoever continues to make phones, ZTE, uh, Xiaomi, whoever, you know, um, they, their competition between each other will define this, this new category, you know, because that's kind of what it is. It's a new category of device that is a folding phone, right? You know, it's half phablet, half phone, you know? So another thing, if I'm not wrong, is and I could be wrong. I'm just trying to think about the, what I was. What? Uh, let me see if I could actually find. I think the fold actually is 5G. The Galaxy Fold. Sorry, not the fold. The uh, the Mate X. I think the Mate X was 5G. Yeah, the Mate X is a 5G folding phone. I don't think the the Samsung is 5G. So that's another. Big... Well, I think that's probably where the price premium is. Right. Is the 5G so that's what price. I was going to say. The five G is probably the price premium. Which, also. to be honest, is not worth it. They should just make a four G version of this phone. And I, drop I agree. The price. I because agree. no one, no one has five G networks yet. Before we move on from the folding phone, what I'm looking forward to, and I've heard this is going to come out, and I don't know if it's true, would be the Motorola Razor folding phone. Do you remember the Razor? Yeah, I, I do, and I think Motorola just should stop making phones. Lenovo, yeah, Lenovo can make their phones for you know. Uh, it's the... it's that I think if they make this phone, if it's if it's actually going to come out and it has like that old design but all screen inside, like some of the renders, I think it will be just this like um, 
uh, I'm looking for the word, but like all these people who remember having that phone. Nostalgic? Yes. Like, it's just like that thing. Like, I would probably pick one of these up because I remember, and it wouldn't even be my day. We're talking about price here. It depends on price, right? But if it ever became like super cheap, like I remember like that phone was like the shit. You know what I mean? You flip out this phone in like the super thin razor like phone. It was crap. I, I really, it was I'm a crappy at some phone. Of these renders. I really hope they don't make this phone. Why? Because this thing looks fucking disgusting. I mean, those are renders. We don't know if it. I, really? I, you must have not owned the original razor. Sam owned the original razor. It wasn't a good phone. It was just. It wasn't really a good hype. phone. It was just really hyped. It just had it a really was just cool really look hyped. at the time. They did really great promotional marketing on it. It wasn't a good phone. Um, yeah, Sam had the pink one. Um, dude, the buttons no, would break like, easily. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's no, let's not promote them making this garbage ass phone again. Make it razor. Make it. Lenovo. Don't do make it. it. Don't do it. it. Okay, it. let's talk about the LG okay. G8 Thin Q. Let's do it. Or people, think, here as is some people like to call it. Let's talk about this phone. So you brought this up. So you know more about this phone than I do. So I'm going to let you yes. take the fucking All right. Video. Okay. So I brought up this phone because, of course, it's a top contender in the flagship area. A lot of people, and I really don't hear them talking too much about LG when it comes to mobile devices anymore. But I thought this is just cool in the sense of, you know, manufacturers, just like your folding phone, are competing in the whole market of how to unlock your phone now. You know what I mean? Whether it's face unlock... Um, you fingerprint scanners underneath the screen. Yeah. Well, you know, LG's taking another another way at it, you know. They're almost copying tip detection here, so I'm kind of getting, you know, kind of upset and maybe have to call the lawyers and figure this out. But you can unlock your phone, this phone. Yeah. You can unlock this phone with your palm. What? Now, it's not the... Yes, with your palm. So, it has um, a near-field camera. So, kind of like the... have tip detection. It does not have tip detection. I mean, like, we could get some vein marks from tip detection on this because that's what it's using. It's like the veins in your So it's something more palm. biometric is that's what's happening? It is or? more biometric. It is using, like, um, kind of like face unlock. And it does also have face unlock, their version of face unlock. Okay. Which, from what I understand, is more secure because it is like a 3D image. It isn't just like a, 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 a picture of your face, right? It is actually a 3D image. It is a 3D image of your hand. So they have... A few ways of locking this phone. The face unlock yeah, with 3D image, so pretty secure. Your palm, and they still have a fingerprint scanner on the back. They're like, let's just throw it all in. You Dope. know what I mean? Yeah, so here are a few cool features about this phone, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. Number one, the face unlock um, feature, which is, of course, already known to us. The fingerprint scanner, which, you know, for all you people who still love your classic, it's still there. It's yep. not underneath the screen. It is on the back. And now this new way of using your palm to unlock the screen. But that's not all. With this feature, you could also use air gestures. So what I mean by air what? gestures is like, yeah. So you could basically unlock the phone. Okay. So let's say, for an example, you're in the tub. And, you know, this phone is water water resistance up to a certain amount. So let's say waterproof for the hell of it. And you're in the bathtub, but you don't. You can literally put your palm over, unlock it, and you could go like to a YouTube video, and then like you can hit play. Uh, okay, so not that crazy. Like you can't switch videos or anything like that. You could just like, 
it'll give you like two options on the left or the right, and then you would put your hand over and you would do kind of like the motion so, of grabbing so they a call knob. This air motion. And air they motion are gesture based shortcuts. Right. They're they're just shortcuts, so you wouldn't be able to like swipe up. And that's not to say they can't do it in the future, but as of right now, you would just be able to scroll left or right and choose, you know, like play or pause or YouTube or whatever. And then you can also adjust the volume. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, so I it is really read cool. This little snippet here it says using infrared technology, the phone basically remembers the vein patterns in your hand, and according to LG, it's extremely hard to hack. That's interesting. That's how the that's yeah, how this so. new hand ID is what they're calling it, which is a terrible name, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what they're doing with the hand ID. That's that's really cool. So, yeah, you could actually, like, so if you're in the bathtub, you would unlock the phone and then you would, you know, turn left or, you know, uh, pick left, like the shortcut on the left. And then it would play the last YouTube video you were playing. And then you would be able to adjust the volume on that. Now, there aren't many times you're going to use this. And because you can't do a lot of things like switch the video or anything, it isn't that crazy. And the first time I heard about it, I thought it was stupid. It's like just gimmicky. But, yeah. you know, it's innovation, right? It's like, here's a different way of doing it. You know what I mean? We're, here's we're at a, a point in time where everybody's got to, like, sort of, they've got to, like, figure things out. Like, do their best to, like, have have something different about their device. You know what I mean? And we're honestly at that point where I kind of feel like it's, like, a Blu-ray and HD uh, DVDs. It's like who's gonna win, and right now it's like you can lock your phones with this, 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 this. Eventually, one way is gonna win. You know what I mean? Eventually, there's gonna be one main way to unlock your phone, just like fingerprint scanners uh, f- uh, were the main way to unlock your phone. You're not gonna I have. I a... don't know about that. I, I kind of. You don't think so? I don't think. I don't. Th- so. I don't think. If, I think. Like, if... I think everybody will continue to do something, but always have the one thing that people are gonna use the most, which is fingerprint scanners. Right, like think of how many I, I years Samsung did like face detection and all that stuff, and all these different like, like, like unlocking using your iris and and like nobody ever used that shit. They just used the fingerprint sensor. Like, that's what I mean. I guess I, you're I right. They always give you like a. I think though, if there's a cost behind it, like okay, if we have to put in this extra sensor to you know give you a 3D scan of your palm or if an infrared sensor. And like all this stuff, and then we realize people don't really care about it. They're not going to s- include that hardware uh, yeah. just for the hell of it, unless it's like super cheap. And the, but even at that point, it's like they're not going to include it. It's going to take up valuable space that, and nobody's using this feature, and they don't care. So I think it's going to come to that point. One of these eventually is just like the fingerprint scanner. Scanner was the main. Everything else, like uh, like any way of unlocking with your face and everything that was on an Android uh, Android phone previously was always using the hardware that was already there anyways so yes yeah. those won't go away but i think anything hardware based I think, there's gonna be a winner i think it's the like next, but and I what i mean is like a, is ultrasonic uh, there you go like and i mean that as well like, like that, ultrasonic the winner, if we versus talk about who a winner is gonna be i think the next versions of ultrasonic is gonna be that winner i think like, so like not like having physical, to light up the screen physical and, buttons or like an actual dedicated place for your finger, I think, is going to disappear, and it's just going to be all under that screen, right? I think I think the one thing that LG is doing with this phone that you know no one talks about, and I think is one of the coolest things, and they've been doing it with their TVs for a long time, 
is the crystal sound OLED technology. I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, where, so where the, they the use speakers. the screen panel to actually emit sound instead of speakers. So this this device kind of doesn't have any front facing speakers, but the actual phone screen, screen will vibrate to create the sounds that that need to come out of a speaker. It sounds so, mind blowing, right? Uh, but yeah, th- their TVs have been doing this for a while, and even uh, sorry. Even Sony's TVs that they make for them have something similar to this. So, what's really cool about this is, and, and then I'm talking from experience. I've always myself used in the past, and you know this, uh, especially at work, where I had to be able to hear my surroundings. I've used bone conducting headphones, yeah. and the really cool thing about bone conducting headphones is they use like basically almost the same technology of vibrating. Uh, and then it, uh, conducting the sound into your, uh, let's say your cheekbone, and then, or or some sort of bone on the side here, and then going to your yeah, ear like canal your temples, inside, basically like- your temple, right? So they're saying that the LG phone kind of uses the same technology. So if you're in a really loud area because the screen is vibrating, you just put it right up next to your face, and you'll be able to hear the person a lot better. Because you don't have to worry about that that speaker getting you know clogged with any water or still being too much surround noise, right? Too much uh, yeah, yeah. static noise. Now just, you're just like you're almost using like conducting technology and hearing the person really clearly because it's basically going internally to your ear canal through your bone. It's really dope, to be honest. It's really cool. I think it's one and of I the do th- coolest things. I do think that um, they're kind of getting underrated. Like not a lot of people talk about. Uh, LG, they're kind of like the underdog here. Not too many people talk about. I can't say their design is like the prettiest. They do still give you micro SD. Uh, maybe their UI. I haven't seen it in a while since like I was even talking to it's, Marky here. You know what, dude? It's it's the rise in popularity of Samsung and these new entrants like Huawei and ZTE. And when you have these big companies who can provide like really high spec phones for cheap, especially on a subsidy. People just go with what's cheap, dude. They don't. Like- I think, I think with uh, LG. Sorry, man. I just think with LG, there was a point there where they weren't putting any new tech in their phone, and they just got unpopularized. And I'll give you an example, like the LG G4. Everyone was already doing fingerprint scanners, and they didn't have one. You know what I mean? And I was like, why are you gonna buy an LG G4? They don't even have a fingerprint scanner. Everyone yeah. else on the market's got a fingerprint scanner and all they can do is be like, well, we're still giving you a removable battery and an SD card slot. Yeah, that's amazing. But we've all got this new way of unlocking the phone that's been out for a while and you're I mean, still not adding it to your devices. maybe they have stats to say like the people who buy their phone wanted those don't types care? of things, okay. right? Or don't care. So like maybe that's what like, again, at the end of the day, when you buy one of these devices, these companies are like taking the data like every time you touch your phone it probably is submitting some sort of data you know anonymously anonymous data to those companies so that you have they have a fundamental understanding on how you use it like i would assume that based on that data you know samsung was like okay we'll get rid of the iris sensor and the face unlock or whatever like all these different things because like people aren't using it right why continue to spend the money and put that in a device if if you know no one's going to use it, right? It's not it's not the best tech, right? And also um, they their next like promo video could just be like, "Hey, guess what? The LG G8 ThinQ, you can use a glass screen protector on it. No problem." 
Yeah, fighting the good fight, right? <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, that was such a bad joke. My bad, people. My bad. <laughs> fighting the uh, good fight. <laughs> you know what? But seriously, they do have like every means of unlocking your phone. Like there's no limitation. Well, I wear gloves. I'm not going to use the wrist detection. Well, you can face unlock. Well, I wear a lot of things on my face, but I don't wear gloves, uh, you know, so I could use my hand. Or I don't like using my... Well, now there's a fingerprint scanner on the back as well. Like you've got every way to unlock this phone. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah, matter which way you want to unlock this phone. It's going to work for you, um, including, you know, a pin. Yes, like sir. every other phone out there, including a pin. So, yeah, I think that's uh, that's really cool. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, like I said, they're an underdog. Not too many people talk about LG. Even myself, like I don't really hear much or care much about LG because at some point they were just like – it was getting boring. Like they came out with the LG G5 and they were trying something Bro, new with the modular phone. Bro, that's just phones in general now, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but, th- you know, they were trying to step it up. You know, they're like, their LG f- G4 was like, we didn't even have a fingerprint scanner. Then their LG G5 came out and it was like, we're modular. And that didn't go well. You know, Motorola did it better when it came to modular phones. Yeah, but and, all uh, these companies, you got to remember, these companies, when you're not the Samsungs and Apples of the world, all these companies need to do something vastly different right. to get... To get an audience, right? Because if they were to just do what Samsung did or what Apple does, then they will like, well, if I wanted that, I'll just buy a Samsung. Or if I wanted that, I'd just buy an iPhone, right? I, wish I agree. We, we can't sit here and complain about them not doing anything innovative um, because maybe they were doing it for a reason, right? I mean, maybe maybe there was still a need for when everybody's moving on to all this tech that there's people who just still want to be able to swap a battery, something simple like that. Right. Um, or, or want expandable storage, things like that. I think as the, we're getting to a point where they're able to do this because there's going to be eyes on them, right? Everybody is doing their own thing and just shooting in the dark and figuring out what's going to happen. Right. We're at a kind of phone lull right now where everything is kind of the same. And the audience for all these devices is just like, well, I don't want a new device if all it does is 5G. Everything else does the same, right? Like people people care about the inherent like value that a phone brings them, whether it's something like Memoji, you know, or, you know, you know, no no fingerprint button. Like, you know what I mean? Like like those are like two terrible examples but i'm saying like people people will go after what's cheap you know what i've learned over the past couple of months even years is that people don't want to spend a lot on their phone me and you are like very different about it like we don't give a fuck like we will go out and fucking spend that $1500 on a phone Whereas most people are like, nah, I'm just going to go to Rogers and upgrade to whatever is the cheapest, you know, or maybe take them on a recommendation. You know, people don't care. But you know what people should care about? I'll tell you what people should care about. <laughs> a phone that has got an 18,000 milliamp watt hour battery in it. I agree. I agree. If you're out there and you don't care about, you know, how good that screen is or how many ways you can unlock the phone or you know if it if it has some cool like new hand detection uh gestures if it has the latest folding ability but all you care about is 
this phone getting you through maybe a week or two. No, no. I, I need this phone to be thick, like with yeah, a double like, C, like thick. You need like, yeah, you need like a battery on a battery on a battery. You need like. On a battery. Think, think, about, think about this. You picked up a Samsung S8 and you're like, wow, I wish I had like four or five of these stacked together. That would feel like a real phone. Or you picked up like, you know, a 20,000 milliamp battery pack or an 18,000 milliamp battery pack. And, and you're, you're like, like, I wish this I had wish a, there screen. Was a screen. Yeah, like if this had a screen and, and all the buttons were like at the front, not even in the middle of the sides, because that would make sense to reach them. But if and it had a pop up camera. And it had a pop-up camera, and it didn't even have a headphone jack because there wasn't enough room with 1,800 milliamps of battery. Then we found a phone for you. We found the, 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 the phone for you. The phone for you. Made by everybody's beloved battery company, Energizer. The their, little pink bunny their that keeps new going P18K and going. k Pop is literally what we just described. It is literally a 1,800... 18, not 1800, 18,000 hour <laughs> battery with a screen on it that they are calling a phone. And yes, it and we're not an even edge joking. to edge display. This thing is literally the thickness of like three Samsung devices stacked on top of each other. Uh, it's, it's probably more than three Samsung devices stacked, but it's literally ridiculous. And it's not even like, okay. I know you people are like, yo, you're going to go check out this phone for sure. You're going to go. There's going to be a link for it. My co-host is going to put a link here. And I'm going to let you know right now. You're going to think we're bullshitting. This is a real phone. It's even got, from what I understand, a glass back. This is, yeah. This is a real phone. This is not a nice phone. Let's be real. No, this is not a nice phone. And (laughs) and the funniest thing about this phone. You're right. Three Samsungs. I just saw that photo. Okay. The funniest (laughs) thing about this phone is that, like, literally all the ports are at the front. All the buttons are at the front. Like, they literally took a phone and just stuck a battery pack on the back. It's absolutely insane that someone at fucking Energizer was like, hey, hey, we're in a board meeting. Quiet down. I want to talk to you guys. Check this out. Great idea, okay? Listen, we have these great 18,000 milliamp hour batteries, right? Everybody around the table is like, yeah, okay, what's up? Um, Let's put a fucking screen on it. And make it a phone. What about that? I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Holy shit. That's a fucking incredible idea. We should do that. And then they did it. And then someone looked at the device and was like, ooh, this is a bad fucking <laughs> idea. But like, we're too far now, so let's sell this. Yeah. And you know what's the fucked up part? The first guy who came in with the prototype just taped a phone on top of that fucking Straight up, bro. Like, I came out with the prototype. We're not going to move the buttons into the middle. We're not going to move all the ports into the center of the bottom. We're literally going to leave it the way it is. Just send it over to the manufacturer and let's get this built. So, you know, while they're having this meeting, some guys in the background going, guys, why wouldn't they just keep their existing phone and, and, and buy our battery pack? No, no, no. You're stupid. No, no. This phone is if you're going out to the wilderness. Let's say you don't have a charger. But, guys, why wouldn't they buy our battery pack and just take it? Shut up, man. You don't know what you're talking about. Hey, hey, They're hey, hey. Uh, uh, why, w- why wouldn't they just buy a regular thin phone from us and then have, like, a really cool, like, magnetic snap-on add-on that makes it thicker but has a bigger <laughs> battery? 
Why wouldn't we do that? Nah, dude. People don't want snap-on things. They lose those snap-on things, okay? We're going to build it right into the phone. Now shut the fuck up and sit down. Listen, we don't need a case for this phone. Guys, the, manu- the case manufacturers are saying they're not going to build a case for this. Like, we're, you know, we're going to have a lot of trouble. Building. Bro, they're like, okay. they're like, we don't need a case. This thing is so rugged, you could throw this at someone's yeah. head and knock them the fuck out. This is going to be illegal in nightclubs, let me tell you right now. Not only that, they, they Honestly, came... this probably would be illegal in nightclubs. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they're afraid of taking a Samsung Note on a plane. This thing's a nuclear bomb. If Jesus this battery Christ. blows up, if this battery blows up, that whole plane is burning down. Seriously, know? bro. This thing is huge. This thing is And the gigantic. messed up part is like... There was one guy in that meeting was like, guys, we have an issue. What's that? I can't even fit this shit in my pocket. I'm not even wearing skinny jeans right now. I can't. Well, shut the fuck up. There ain't going to be a problem. We're not going to have the Ben Gate problem. I can promise you that. If anything, we're going to have a bunch of people suing us because they sat on the back pocket and they broke their hip. Okay. Their ass cheekbone broke because they sat on the phone. But we will not have Ben Gate. I promise they, you this. They did. I will say b- before, you know, I think we should probably end the show because there's not much to talk about this device, no. to be honest. No, there is not. I'm um, not even going to go into specs or anything because the, the main spec is just the battery. It's pack. fucking That's gigantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did allude to earlier that they made a folding phone. This folding phone is called the Energizer P8100S. Uh, check there it out. There is another. There is it has a 10,000 watt hour battery. Um, and it's not the nicest folding phone. It kind of just looks like an old Samsung phone or something like that with a shitty like hinge. Um, but yeah, it's got like an eight inch screen. I don't think the displays are that nice, but I mean, they're trying. This is not a folding phone. This is, this is literally two phones. Well, it looks like I mean, those visually, buses. yeah, it's you ever two see phones the together, but I mean, it does fold. <laughs> oh, my God. You ever see those buses, the accordion buses? This is literally an accordion phone. I it's know. Kind of, <laughs> it's too, it's like. Okay, listen, you're not they wrong. Took, you're not wrong. Okay. It is. People, it whatever. It's an accordion whatever, bus phone, but. Whatever he told trying, you about okay? that. Whatever he told you about that phone. Just think about this battery pack. They sliced it in half and put an accordion in the middle. And they're like, here's the front half. And they should have made the battery pack phone like this. They should have made that Bro. that other. <laughs> Anyways, you know people, what? listen. They should have. Go ahead, man. They should have. They should have. Uh, Energizer, please uh, stick to making batteries. Uh, give up on the phone market. I think um, I don't know how long you've been in the phone market, but it's. Or time if you're to, not uh, actually making these phones and you're just giving your name to somebody else, please stop. Oh yeah, please yeah. stop. <laughs> stop. They're doing whoever a terrible it, job. Whoever this yeah. is, okay. They're not. They're not really branding your name that well. You know, like I know you guys just, are really good. Like, if you want to make this look cooler, like make it physically look cooler and maybe put the bunny on it somewhere. Right. I would have totally bought it. The bunny bunny is badass and everyone loves the bunny. Stop with this. Like this looks like a fucking Motorola droid fucking wallpaper over here with the Energizer logo on the background. It's a fucking accordion phone. That is disgusting, <laughs> people. What the hell? I feel like I could play a song with this thing. I don't. Need, I don't even want to look at it anymore. This is just as bad as the the prototype phones they tried selling before. What does this thing cost? Three thousand dollars? I don't know. Something Anyways, crazy. all right, that's gonna be it. Uh, this has been another episode of the Pixel Refresh Podcast. 
If you like the show, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with your friends. Uh, feel free to ask us questions at our Facebook on facebook.com slash pixel refresh. And uh, that's going to be it for us. So we'll see you next week. Peace out. Get the hell energizer. What the fuck? And not only that, man, this prototype looks all scratched up. The fuck were you doing? Throwing it off a building? They were trying to detection. Fu- it wasn't working. Holy shit, bro. Do you see how scratched up this prototype yeah, is? Who did they give this to? Their four- Literally, they sent two phones to a four-year-old kid and were like, put this together.